Welcome to the Broadway Show Uncut. I'm Tamsin Fidel, and this is a big one. The leaves are changing, and so are the marquees. So get ready to fall for this brand new season on Broadway. Two huge interviews on this episode of The Pod. Coming up in just a few, we're going to hear from Josh Gad and Andrew Rannells. But first, it's good to be the king, especially in the revival of Spamalot. Yes, the search for the Holy Grail continues on Broadway this autumn. I talked to King Arthur himself, Tony Award winner James Monroe Iglehart. Let's talk about Tony winning musical Spamalot and what this means to you to be back on stage with the show. It means a great deal. It means so, it means so much to me. Uh, my Spamalot family and I had a great time in Washington, D.C. at the Kennedy Center. Never in a million years do we think we'd bring it to Broadway, and the fact that we're here is nothing but a blessing. And we can't wait to bring the uh, wonderful music, the great story, and the absolute silliness of the great Monty Python show back to New York City. Audiences just love this. We need a laugh. Yeah, I think so. I think with all the things happening in the world today, um, I think people need to smile. I think people need to laugh. I think people need to remember that it's okay to be silly. I think there's so much like, you know, it's like every time you turn on the television or listen to a podcast, it's like, it's a mugshot or somebody's running into your house, or it's like the climate, everybody's either burning or freezing, and then you just need someone to just be silly and say something absolutely ridiculous. I think you need, um, you know, a bunch of really silly guys searching for the Holy Grail, but at the same time, you know, being attacked by a giant killer rabbit. I mean, that is what this world needs right now, just to take your mind off the realness. I mean, when our show is so silly, and our show is just as silly as the real stuff in the world. At least our silly will make you laugh. Isn't that so, scary? Yeah, our silly that, will make you laugh. And I think that's, that's it what is, It is so true versus cry. King Arthur, it's just, it, just, it was built for you. It's just fun. You know, it's funny. You know? I, I, feel so, I feel so privileged to step into these shoes uh, created by the legendary Monty Python, but also the legendary Tim Curry. And then to be able to step into the shoes for this, you know, for this new season, it's really funny. Plus, it's King Arthur. I mean, I've been following this story since, you know, like the Disney version of like Sword in the Stone. <laughs> so it's like you follow these things, Ex- Excalibur, you've heard this all your life. And then yeah. to actually be able to hold Excalibur and play this role, even as nutty as it is, I think it's fun. Also, the fun part about my role is King Arthur's dead serious. He's dead yes. serious to find the Holy Grail. Everybody around him is nuts, but he is dead serious. Which what makes him so And that's, so that's funny. what makes it so much fun. I do have to ask you something else. Do you leave Spam a lot just in a great mood every, I mean, I know it probably yes. exhausted, but in a great yes, mood? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I'm just wondering. Because you, what you guys don't understand is what you guys see on stage yeah. is funny. Yeah. But there are so many, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, keep rolling, we're fine. This is real. This, happen, this happens in interviews. I, I like unperfect I, interviews with things too. happen. Me too. So, well, I have like, a lot of them. And I was, what's funny is what, I, what just happened now yeah. is exactly what happened. So what you guys see on stage yeah. is funny. But what happens backstage <laughs> is even funnier. Because you are surrounded by some of the most amazing performers yeah. in the world. And these folks that we have in this show, I mean, from, from Chris Fitzgerald to Leslie Kritzer to Nick Walker, Michael Urie, I mean, to Ethan Slater, I mean, Jimmy Every, Smula, All of you individually. I mean, any, everybody individually is funny on their own, yeah. but all of us together collectively. <laughs> I always look at Josh, our director, and I go, are you sure you want to get inside this bathtub with us? We are all insane. <laughs> right. And it's great. It's a good insane? Yeah, it's, oh my God, it's one of those fun insanes. Okay, so you have a lot going on, by the way, because it's not just King Arthur no. that you have going on. What are we here, what, what are we doing here today, day two? <laughs> 
Uh, we are also, uh, I get to play another king. What they, he used to be the king of jazz and the legendary icon, Mr. Louis Armstrong. And so I, I get to play Louis in a wonderful world, the life and loves of Louis Armstrong, the new musical, which I'm very excited about. It's going to first be in New Orleans, then yes. Chicago, right? It's going to New Orleans first for a week, and then we're going to Chicago at the Cadillac Palace Theater. We'll be there from, I think, between October 12th through the 29th, and we'll be in New Orleans. We'll be there from October 1st through the 8th. What instrument do you play? Oh, trumpet. In yeah. real life? Oh, in real life, nothing. In real life, I, I, play, I play my ego very well. Uh, okay, so you're I learning to, the trumpet. Toot my own horn very well, uh, but I had to learn the learn the trumpet a little bit for for this for the show. Was that intimidating? Or yes. How, how oh my does gosh. one begin to learn the trumpet? Um, first Quickly. of all, first of all, you egotistically say, "Yeah, sure, I'll learn," you know. But I've done that before. I was, I, you know, I egotistically said, "Yeah, I'll learn how to tap and learn how to tap." Which was not my smartest decision, but hey, it, it worked out well. So I'm, 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 I'm gambling on this working well as well. When you talk about a king, you're right, Louis Armstrong. Just the music and all it's, parts I think of it's the not story. Just the, I think it's not just the music. I think what's funny is that when we look at certain entertainers, it's easy to look at them and just go, oh my God, I know that song. I yeah. know Hello Dolly. I know What a Wonderful World. But when I looked into his history and what, he's, what he did, he was the first jazz musician and one of the first black people on the front of Time magazine. He was considered like one of the first pop stars of America. Not just, you know, just as right. pop, but a music of America. I always say there's trumpet players before Louis and trumpet players after Louis. Mm -hmm. Louis changed the way brothers were playing and jazz musicians were playing music. And he also was so, so quick on it. But because he was such a great entertainer, people kind of forget about his musical virtuosity and how amazing he was. I mean, there's, to this day, I, I mean, I heard a legendary, another legend, Wynton Marcellus say, mm -hmm. there are trumpet players who are still trying to play the solos that Louis created on his older hits. Wow. He was that good. And I think it's fun that his story finally gets to be told because he is one of those performers that performers like myself and a lot of other African-American performers, we stand on the shoulders of this man to be able to do what we do. I wonder when you play somebody like that. How do, where do you where do you go? Where do you go to start going back in history and back in time to the stories that are, that really, you know, when you step out there on stage, you become that person. The great part about Louis Armstrong is like, unlike other entertainers, Louis didn't want anybody else to tell his story, so he wrote his own story. He's, he wrote three books. Right. He also had a tape recorder and he had a typewriter, and he was an avid writer. Every show, every day, he would write. He would write to friends, and he had people keep those letters. And he has tapes and tapes, I mean like thousands upon thousands of tapes that he recorded about what happened that night, about what happened that day, who he met, who he was talking wow. to. So you hear his story in his own words. So basically I went to, kinda I went to him to see how, how he wanted to be remembered and portrayed. And so what did he say? He basically said that I want to tell my own story and let people know that I wasn't perfect, but let them know it was about the music and I wanted to entertain people and that I was just a good guy. What surprised you, or what is surprising you the most about his story or about him or his voice or the music? I don't know. Um, I think what surprised what? me the most is how uh, I never knew until I started doing the show that he got blacklisted because he was one of the only jazz musicians that spoke out about uh, what was happening in Little Rock. Yeah, he spoke out and oh, spoke out publicly that. against the president and boom, blacklisted. It was one of those moments, and this is gonna sound real funny, it was one of those moments where like, um, I think it was a couple years ago where everybody realized that Beyonce was black. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those moments. Everybody all of a sudden realized Louis Armstrong was black for a second, they had forgotten, and he spoke out and they were like, wait, hold up, is he, is he black? Wait a minute, is Louis black? Oh no, we didn't know that. Did you know you had, we had Louis black in the house? 
And once they figured that out, um, you know, for a while yeah, he course. was blacklisted, but right. of course, wow. a brother that talented, you yeah. know, he stepped back into the spotlight and took over and did exactly what he was supposed to do with the hit Hello Dolly and, and yeah. the rest is history. Yeah, and the rest is history. Oh, yeah. All right, how are you doing both? I have to have to do that. <laughs> I just need a log I have to ask a logistics question. Sure, I totally I, I totally I totally can tell you. I still still just have an ounce of Disney magic, so <laughs> Okay, that's good. Touche. Touche. It's always so good to see you. Thank you very much. Here's another hilarious interview. Broadway's getting a Book of Mormon reunion this fall. Josh Gad and Andrew Rannells headed back to Broadway in the absolutely hysterical new two-man show, Gutenberg. Paul Wontorek talked to Josh and Andrew. Look at you. Oh, two by two, is, ready for us. another mission. Two by two, no, we're going we back to Broadway. That. We can't afford that. You and me. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you start? This is Andrew Rannells. <laughs> and this is Josh Gad. Yes. I mean, I don't think I've seen the two of you. I haven't been in a room with the two of you in 12 years together. We haven't been in a room with the two of us in 12 years. Since the Book of Mormon. Is that true? We didn't even know that we together? were both in this yeah, until, open, we were, until yeah. our first rehearsal. It was sort of like a blind date. I was like, where do I know you from? Wait a second. You look familiar. I know you from struggling. From my nightmares. To survive a play for. Remember you two, two, two like up and coming punks looking for a big break. Remember I that? Just I remember. On it the worked. streets. Now it worked. We're, now we're just it. two guys out of money, out Crawl, of time. Crawling back to Broadway. Desperate, no, desperate no. to get some exercise. So since Mormon, yes. we've enjoyed Andrew and Hedwig, Hamilton, uh, let's see, what else? Falsettos. Boys, boys in the band. The boys in the band. Yes. Josh, you not so much. Something we said or? Well, what happened was offers dried up pretty quick. Um, there was also, let's be clear, there was a restraining order. Broadway, you know. Broadway, Broadway, and Broadway, Broadway had a in totality order. put his restraining, restraining order out again. No, me. no. They said, this doesn't fit with what we no. do. But now, he, uh, look at him. He's back in New York. But now I'm back. He's back You're in back. New York. Under a pseudonym, but I'm here. Um, and I can't wait. I said I, <laughs> I said I wanted to go back to Broadway when I had early onset arthritis. Right. And I wanted it to be the kind of challenge where I can barely get through a show. So I waited for the opportune time for my body to start failing me. And then I said, now, no. it, now it feels, no. now it feels yeah. like a, a right time. Yeah. 42 feels like the right time to dance for two and a half hours. Obviously. <laughs> without a break. Obviously people would have thrown a lot of money at you to do the producers, the odd couple. I tried I could, to throw I a lot of money. With other shows. I tried to Who? throw a lot of money at Andrew to do the producers as a one man show. He said no. I said no thank you. <laughs> it was in his backyard and it, the dates didn't work yeah. for me. But, but Gutenberg, <laughs> exclamation point, the musical. Could work. We have that. Yes. So yes. obviously we all love Steve Gutenberg, obviously. obviously. So obviously. that's, that's the reason. And obviously yes. the show has nothing to do with it. <laughs> so we, nothing. We're, but, uh, we we had been all joking aside. T take it easy. Be serious for a second. This is a real interview. <laughs> okay. We had um, been looking, searching, exploring for over a decade for the right vehicle, the right to, reunion, to bring yeah. us yeah. back together. Andrew went off, and he's like, "I'll just do one a season." And I was like, "No, no, no. no. I'm going to take my time. I'm going <laughs> to find the right thing." And then, uh, <laughs> then Alex Timbers and I had been talking <laughs> about doing. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum, and you and Timbers were talking about something which you've never told me what it was. Well, I'll tell you later. Okay. He might still do it. I mean, I'm very open about my 
thing. <laughs> and and then Alex sort of evilly but brilliantly yeah. kind of put us both yeah. to flop uh, this script in front of us and was like, while we're exploring these other things, mm -hmm. what would you think about this thing called Gutenberg? And we both said we love Steve Gutenberg, giant Police Academy fans. <laughs> oh, Cocoon? Cocoon? Don't get me started. No, I'm, I'm not going to. Uh, and Short Circuit. Remember Short Circuit? Johnny Five is alive. Steve was in the hits. Steve was. Steve was the Three men and a baby. A little lady. Three men and another The three men franchise. And in my household, a big sex symbol, too. In my household. Oh, sure. Yours, too. Yeah. By the way, why are we discriminating? Am I, too? Yeah. I had a giant poster of Steve Gutenberg. Really? Nope. Okay. <laughs> but I regret that. I that weirdly I had a giant poster of Johann Gutenberg. Which brings Which us is back the actual to. Nice yes. job. You're welcome. So Andrew loves 15th century um, inventors. inventors. We all know that. We all know that. And so he had he had a poster. So this was sort of wish fulfillment. Yeah, I had vision boarded this for a yeah. long time. It did seem like Alex really. I think you know Alex is who's Alex? Yes. Brilliant. He's the director. Oh, tall guy. He and did it originally he, off Broadway. Okay. Yes, and he had you know he had this idea really for the you know and 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 presented it to both of us in a very. Sort of casual, like, why don't we just sit down? Like, this is of, the only thing I'll do with you guys. Basically. But he, but he was like, let's just, we'll give it a read. We'll get, you know, learn some music. Uh -huh, and yeah. so we got together in March, March of 2020. Really fateful 2020, month. that was a big month. Yeah, yeah. huge month. And we, fact, did a, we did a reading. We did a reading, and I remember they flew in from New York, and I said, you guys been hearing about this? Uh, yeah, this he did. COVID thing, literally. Josh is and everybody and everybody really was like, "Oh, Josh, that. you hypochondriac." I was like, "No, this I seems know. bad." And then and then we all everybody left and we were like, "Let's do the show." And then the whole world shut yeah. down. So, but yeah. now a few but years now, later, here we are. Yeah. Here we are. We yeah. got back on track. So yeah. we're ready. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So Yo Johans, is that how you say it? Gutenberg. Johans. Johan. Singular. Johan. Silent. The S and the Steve uh, are This guy yeah. allegedly yes. invented yes. the printing press. Allegedly. Movable type. I didn't know that there was controversy. <laughs> no, there controversy. I mean, he really did. But yeah. but actually, the the show uh, deals in a lot of um, falsehoods about speculation. Speculation. What's your what, What's your drama. favorite thing you've learned about this guy? Maybe just like on Wikipedia or from the show, like a real thing. A, oh, re a real. A real thing. thing. A real thing was that he did create the printing press, but then for some reason, um, kind of got it like taken away from him, yeah, and for uh, a long time did not get credit for doing anything. And I don't know what he did with that money, but hard to say. But he, um, for a long time, like didn't really get the credit he deserved, and that's why we wanted to do this show. Yeah, we needed. We wanted to bring his legacy back to light in the same way that Alexander Hamilton. Oh. Had his second time. Had a moment. Yeah, to had a teach moment. people that he wasn't a president. That's a big one. That's a big one. That was a big, big one. one. A lot of people thought he was he's a president. One, he's, he's the only, well, no, he's not the only person on a bill that wasn't a president because Ben Franklin wasn't a president. No. I just found out this morning. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we want Gutenberg to have the same sort of Lin Manuel Miranda style halo effect. Now, it's not going to happen with our show, but we want that. We want this to be the start yeah. of him reclaiming his... Yeah. We're just proud to be a little proud. proud of it. 
this show is set at a backers audition. Yes. Right? Now, for a lot of the people at home who maybe don't have any idea what a backers audition is, a very industry term. It yes. Is. Uh, how desperate can these things be? Oh, and what be, are they? They can be pretty desperate. Well, so yeah, so a backers audition is when you present a show for potential producers to move your show. You didn't forward. tell me this was on my jacket. I thought it was there for a reason. Yeah. Um, so you, you, backers audition is you know when you present your show to a group of producers to get money to get money to yeah. move your show. We did forward. one with the Book of Mormon. You did one with you the did. yes, yes. So did I mean, you, I've done. At me, you did one too. Well, at, well, by the time I joined, I think that financing. That was, is a lie. Was it? Unless they told me something different. But I have done in my career sure. many, yeah. and they can get very sweaty. Yeah, sweaty. it's because you're you're doing oftentimes uh -huh. not great material. Um, but these guys hoping for like you know just like sort of looking around the room like anybody anybody want right. to take this? These and guys that's are dreamers what though. Bud and Doug. These are guys up are dreamers, to. and they don't they're not gonna let a couple of backers tell them no. And so, so they've they've taken matters into their, into their own, own hands. Yeah, they've rented a Broadway theater for one night. For one night uh, only. They've spent all their money. Yep. That's a different plot from the original. That, that was is off a, yes, that yes, is a different, yes, a different plot. The show is since I mean it has been around for some time, but yeah. this is our our, our Scott debut? Brown and Anthony King. Yes, are yes. are brilliant. Are making a lot of um, a lot of changes to the cool. show. So if you Even have if seen, seen Gutenberg, yes, yeah. uh -huh. it'll be a little different. It's gonna feel brand new. It's gonna feel like a new experience. It's gonna feel like, um, like I imagine seeing, like uh, Hamilton, at like before Hamilton was fully formed. Like it's like seeing Hamilton when it was being sung to Barack Obama, uh, and then seeing uh -huh. Hamilton on Broadway. Okay. Uh huh. So ours is similar. Sure. Right. Totally. <laughs> I only really understand Hamilton references when I'm talking about Broadway. That's. Those are the only talking points I got. <laughs> so they're like, Hamilton's a big success. Compare your show to that. Yeah. Uh -huh. So that's what I've been that's what's asked happening. to do. Trying to get people excited. Also, Lion King. Our show's a lot like Lion King. <laughs> we'll bring the whole family. We should talk later. No, I apologize, but you wear a lot of hats in the show. Hello. Hey. Uh, in fact, we have some of them around yes, us. Yes, look at because, that. Hats. Because I'm actually getting PTSD you, looking at Taking on every character, the two yes. the two songwriters. You're playing the guys who wrote the show. Yes, and you're playing every character. Talk about spoilers. Uh, and any favorite of these hats, or some some inappropriate characters. My favorite. favorite Helvetica is my favorite. That's uh, a character. Helvetica is a great. One. My favorite is the one I take off last when I know the show's <laughs> over and I can wipe the copious amounts of sweat off my face. And you can lay down. Um, I do like another woman. Another woman's and great. Woman. Another, another woman, woman is great. Yeah, that's just a great. So I really Allen. love Good Woody Allen movie too. I really my most formula character so far is drunk number one. Uh -huh. It's a character I've been building towards my entire life. Right, it's just a typecast. It, yeah, and it was the one I did the most research for. You're nailing it, bud. Thank you. Yeah. Bud. Bud. I'm mm. real method. Do I have a hair on my face? No, but I, you have something here. This is the part where I look down. I, so yes. you play Bud and Doug, yes. and I've seen them referred to as bravely untalented, which I, is a great description. Yeah, it's a lovely description. It's not the first time we've been called that. <laughs> no. I, as Josh Gad, have been called bravely untalented yeah. most of my career. Or wildly. Wildly, wildly untalented. Wildly untalented. <laughs> This it's show really could change my Playbill profile. <laughs> this show was actually developed uh, at UCB, the yes. Improv Theater. Yeah. That's where it first started. So are improv skills sort of, now that it's a scripted show, but are yeah. they still sort of essential to pulling it off as performers? 
Um, in in that it moves very quickly, and there are a lot of moving parts to the show, and you know, it's it's we're very rehearsed, and we are professional. Here's but a, things will go wrong. Here's the good Paul. news. Things. The will good go news wrong. is the first rule. The first rule of improv is yes and, and I know that no matter what I do, Randall's is going to say yes and to pretty much everything. But my my theory about improv with Josh is that it's it's. It's not so much yes and as it is no but. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. I just like to put up walls, emotional, physical. I don't, I don't, the, as little as I can deal with them as possible is great. Things are starting to make a little more sense to me now. <laughs> Things are starting to, yeah. Because the yes and felt very soft in yeah. the approach you took. No, but. Okay, now, now, I, now I get Now it. you get it? Yeah. What do you think when you, I'm sure every year you, you get together and, and uh, on mm -hmm. the anniversary of the Book of Mormon opening 12 years ago. Uh -huh. and yes, we're like the 72 Miami Dolphins. We pop champagne. Yeah, and you say, sports? here's to and, us, yeah. who's it's like a, us. That's a sports ball? Yeah. Damn few. There's not like an actual pot of dolphins called the Miami Dolphins. It's a, it's a oh. football team. Huh. <clears throat> yeah. What do you think when you, when you think about that time? Because like I said, you really were both just like ripe for an opportunity like that. Yeah. And it, it was explosive watching you come together on that stage well, in that you. show. Thank you. I mean, we're still, we still are on a, you know, 12 years later, still on a text chain with that entire cast that we keep alive on a regular basis. So it, truly like on the anniversary of the opening or, mm -hmm. of, you know, like we all do still keep in touch with each other. and. Which is pretty amazing. That is not always it, the case. It was a life-changing event, and to to go, it was a life-changing event, and and in, I don't think, or at least I didn't expect it to be what it became. Mm. I I honestly was like, okay, this show's gonna run for three months. A bunch of South Park fans are gonna love yeah. it, and yeah, we're gonna yeah. close. And so like when it did it, feel like a gamble. It, it did it feel like, like a gamble, yeah. and and what was so beautiful about it was that lack of expectation so the gift of the reception was something that we all went through together and i think we were all so humbled by except for andrew who's a, a real character yeah uh and, and his head got pretty wildly big <laughs> um, but it is we i mean we went by the the eugene o'neill I don't know. A couple of weeks ago, we went. That's the theater that Book of Mormon was at. Was yes, it's still is still. Don't just think Andrew knows Eugene O'Neill. No, he, <laughs> he was a close friend. But um, but we went by the theater, and it is pretty remarkable that it's still going. Yeah. It's very. It is very humbling that you they know, finally took uh, your pictures down. They took the pictures down. I, I never had a picture up. It oh. was only your damn legs. With I asked legs for my. Like this they said my legs didn't quite sell. The, oh, the, the jump? I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, a lot of those um, folks who were in that cast, it is humbling that they were like, I was in the eighth grade when I saw you on the Tony Awards. Yeah, it's like, tough. What? That's tough. What happened? Are you looking forward to canceling each other out for this year's Tony Award races? Oh, that's Yeah, sweet. we um, <laughs> we sort of, our approach is we're never going to win a Tony because we always want to harm the other person's chances. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's sort of like um, <laughs> no, we, mutual, I, I, what do they call it? Mutual um, annihilation pact? Sure. I was thinking more that we could do the Emily Skinner, Alice Ripley. Yes. Oh, you want all for one, one for all. Can't we just do a two for You've heard it now. Gadnalls. No. We haven't done that in a while. Tony nominated Gadnalls 2024. We're either going to lose this thing together, which is most likely, 
we're going to win this thing together. Look, it's an honor to be eligible. Yes. Is all I can say. Is anyone tracking what Norbert Leo Butts might come back in? He's weirdly doing a one-man group. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. He's and it's about Steve, way, isn't it? It's about Steve, but it still has hats involved. So he one-upped us. So Norbert! In all seriousness. Yes. Uh, just finally, like, what is it like? You obviously met as 20-something guys. That's now sweet. you're 40-something. Very I accomplished. Was, by the way, I was still in my 20s when I met you. You were? I was 29. I turned 30. <laughs> oh, I do remember that. preview. We had a big I birthday facts, celebration. Right? I do something. remember that. Yeah. Uh, I was in my 30s. He was... He was, yeah, he was the old man in the My point is yes. that now you're you're accomplished. Now you're 52 years old, Established guys. Here we are. and The chemistry's obvious. You're Wilford Brimley's age when he did Cocoon. That is actually a, a true <laughs> statement. And it's amazing that you can still do this. Thanks, Josh. So you're looking, part, you're looking fun to... Uh, to <laughs> are you looking fun to getting up on that James Earl Jones stage every night? Oh, and, yeah. I'm, yeah. I am so looking forward to the experience of being on a stage again uh, because it's the precursor to me getting off the stage <laughs> and taking a nice cold bath and maybe have and maybe getting a little more familiar with drunk number one. Sure, sure. Get, in, get into it. Because the character keeps growing. Yeah. You have to keep That's doing true. the work. No, I, I am, I am, the, the tr truth be told. Tell I, I have not been more excited about anything in a long time. And, and that primarily is because I got to work with this idiot. And he makes me laugh so hard. And even though I don't have the same effect on him, I'm, I'm in a constant evolution of trying to get him to appreciate my work. I just like keep him on his toes. You know what I mean? Yes. You don't want to give Josh too much. But I have plantar fasciitis, so it's very hard to stay on my toes. Ayo! Expect jokes unlike that for Gutenberg the Musical. If you did not like that, you do not need to worry. There's going to be much better jokes, a better caliber of jokes written by other people. Yeah, we're not in charge of that part. No. That's, so that's good news. All we everyone. have to do is... But it will be, we're moving into the in theater next week. So it's very exciting. And then start previews. The address. Starting previews on the 15th of September, opening on October 12th. So it's... Come, uh, buy your tickets now. You're good with the promo. Info, I love it. Thank you, guys. Well, well, I didn't know any of those dates. In fact, I wouldn't have signed up for this thing had I known that was happening. Josh thought this was a concert. I thought we were doing this at Madison Square Garden. It was like a benefit. I thought it was like a Billy Joel style thing where we like come, we go, we kind of yeah. like do it when we want. No, yeah, he. We'll explain to you later. My life. That's going to do it for this week's episode. We're going to be back with more interviews soon as we head into the new fall season on Broadway. See you then.